There are a lot of ways we as humans learn. Obviously, formal education, but there's books, relationships, experiences, and then there's a speech, a formal talk, a well-crafted synthesis of a person's knowledge and experience. Much of the power of a formal talk is in the presence, the tonal rhythms, the creative gathering of words and inflections. Today, I share with you one of my favorite speakers, Renovare ministry team member Juanita Rasmus. She's the co-pastor of an amazing inner-city Houston church, St. John's United Methodist. I visited there once years ago. It's a special place with a grit and celebratory wonder like I've never seen. I think half the congregation is from the streets. Today, Juanita helps us continue working with the social justice tradition in this recording from a Westmont College chapel. You know you've heard a good talk when you feel this deep sense of being invited to go and do, not through guilt, manipulation, or coercion, but invited by love. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. It's good to be with you this morning. And I was asked to speak about the social justice tradition. And I want to say this, that the social justice tradition, as BP just said, is one of the six streams. And the way that I came to memorize the six streams was really easy. I said they were cheesy. C squared H-E-S-I, contemplative, charismatic, holiness, excuse me, yeah, holiness, evangelical, the social justice, and the incarnational. And so that was the way I taught myself how to remember them, because acronyms are important for me. What Richard Foster was doing was pointing out to us in his book, Streams, about a way of life in the spirit that can flow through the Christian and can become the central influence in the way the individual shows up in the world day after day in ways that look like love in action, in ways that look like compassion with feet on them. Engaged intentionally, the streams deposit riches into our souls that enable us to have a balanced strategy for living into the Christ life with God. The social justice tradition is rooted in compassion, and compassion, in my understanding, is the experience of a heart that has known its own suffering and has been made expansive by the healing power of the love of God. Our response to social justice is really about how we respond to suffering. Mine, yours and that of the other. Howard Thurman was a professor of spiritual disciplines and the dean of uh, Marsh Chapel in Boston, at Boston University in 1981 when he passed. I mention him because he was a mystic, a philosopher, a theologian, and he was also a notable influence in the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. Thurman's relationship with Mahatma Gandhi served as the catalyst for King's interest in the pursuit of nonviolent protests during the turbulent changes in the 1960s. In Thurman's book, Disciplines of the Spirit, Thurman supposes that suffering is a tool by which the spirit might tutor the human spirit. 
and understand suffering as the common denominator of humanity. In his observation of the universality of suffering, Thurman speaks emphatically that no human shall be discharged from the experience of suffering. He makes demands, or rather suffering makes demands upon us like nothing else. Upon the wise and the foolish, the literate and the illiterate, the saint and the sinner. And very likely it bears no relationship to the character of the individual. It often cannot be assessed in terms of merit or demerit or reward or punishment. Men have tried to build all kinds of immunities against it. Much of the meaning of all of our striving is found in the desperate effort of the spirit of man to build effective windbreaks against the storm of pain that sweeps across the human path. What we all know is this, that under pressure, whatever's in us will come out of us. The ideal is that you and I as Christians are invited to become intentionally engaged in the spiritual practices in such a way that we allow the Holy Spirit to influence our responses to the suffering both within us and around us. The prophet Micah too was living in a world that was fractured and anxiety written and in Micah 6 and 8 he says this, he has told you O mortal what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? So what does it look like to do justice? I believe Micah was actually giving means for his followers. And the first mean to do justice is this. It, justice invites us to ask the hard question, who is my neighbor? It invites us to ask, how will I respond to the needs of my neighbor? The Black Lives Matter movement began because black lives in this country have once again been brutalized and violated. The Women's March this past weekend occurred because once again, women are aware of feeling threatened and violated. You see, you and I must decide long before the threat hits our house how we're going to respond to threats not only against us but against our neighbor I must have an intention to do justice BP shared with me earlier that he had heard Cornel West say that justice is love gone public one way to be intentional about living into doing justice is to Practice letting go of judgment. Letting go of looking at people and sizing them up. One of the exercises that I'd encourage you to Google is the compassion exercise. It invites us to be honest with ourselves about what we see when we look at other individuals. It invites us to increase the amount of compassion in the world. It invites us to increase an understanding of and, and, and the facilitation of our own personal peace, our own sense of personal shalom. The instructions for the exercise read this way. That you're to put your eyes on a person, preferably in a public space. Pay attention to them and repeat to yourself, just like me. 
This person is seeking some happiness in their life. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid suffering. Just like me, this person has known sadness, suffering, and despair. Just like me, this person is seeking to feel their needs. You see, the compassion exercise reminds us that indeed we can train ourselves to do justice. Secondly, Micah said to love kindness. Kindness is an intention. An intention is like New Year's resolutions. In order to work, you got to have a plan. We can train ourselves to be kind, to do the compassionate thing, to do the loving thing. I believe kindness has to start with oneself. Paying attention is the key. We can observe our lives and we can observe our self-talk and decide if we are being kind to ourselves. You see, we have the power to change the way we self-talk, the things we say to ourselves, because those same things become daggers when we turn them on others. I can say to myself, I love, accept, and approve of myself. And that makes space for me to have the capacity to love and accept and approve of you as well. We cannot give what we don't have. The last point that Micah made was to walk humbly with your God. With my God. Humility can be learned. And I borrowed Dallas Willard's three Ps. Don't pretend. Don't presume. And don't push. When we don't pretend, we let go of these false ideas about ourselves, these false notions we have about ourselves. I remember for me, one of the biggest issues I faced in my life was very early on as a little girl wanting to be a good little girl. The challenge with that is that it takes a lot of energy to be or to try to be perfect. And it squeezed the life out of me. Rules became the dictator of my soul. There was no spontaneity and the weight got to be too much to bear. In 1999, I experienced a major depressive episode. My grandmother would have said, baby, you just had a nervous breakdown. You see, pretense has a cost to bear. It has a weight. And so Dallas suggests letting go of the need to pretend so that we can enter into the freedom that Christ has available to us. One that is filled with self-compassion and doesn't require pretense. The second is don't presume. Don't presume that you know your neighbor's story. Don't presume that you're owed anything. Don't presume that you have this right or that right, but seek rather first to understand. Seek to stay in the present moment. Don't presume you're too busy for this, whatever this is. Presumption is a subtle and powerful destroyer of community and humanity. Presumption alienates us from our neighbor. Presumption reduces our capacity to love the other. And then lastly, Dallas says, don't push. We're all called to stand, but not to push. Dallas says, pushing is God's work. I'm reminded of Ephesians 6.13 when he's talking about warfare. And he says, be prepared. You're up against more than you can handle on your own. 
Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be standing on your feet. You see, we don't have to push when we allow the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives. We can simply stand in our truth. Bishop Oscar Romero, Martin Luther King, and Mahatma Gandhi all knew what it was to stand. The message says it this way. But he's already made it plain how to live, what to do. What God is looking for in men and women is quite simply this. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. But by all means, take God seriously. I'd like to invite you into an experience, an experience of Lexio Divina, and I'll be using Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 29 through 34. If you will, engage with me in this experience. I'd invite you to sit up tall and straight in your seat. And if you will, put both feet flat on the floor. Lexio Divina is a practice of divine reading. It invites us to enter into the text. It invites us to look around, to feel around, to notice, to pay attention to the text and to allow the text to inform us rather than us having our presumptions saying, oh, I remember this. I know this story. But rather allowing the story to speak to us in a fresh and new way. I invite you, if you will, to take your hands and turn them palms up in an act of worship and just rest them on your thighs. I'm going to read the text, and in each reading, I'm going to ask you to be a different character in the text. And as you are entering into that character, I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, first of all, breathe deeply to stay in touch with that person. And then I'm going to ask that you would allow yourself to think that person's thoughts, to feel what that person must be feeling. And to allow yourself to simply be present. You see, part of loving the neighbor, part of compassion is learning, training ourselves how to be present. I'll read the text, ask you to be one of the characters, and then we'll leave a moment of silence to enter into that character. You know this passage, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, And in this reading, I'll ask you to be the priest. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, 
when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, I'll repay whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The second reading. I invite you to become the wounded man. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near to him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. And when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The third and final reading, I invite you to be the Samaritan. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, and he says to us, go and do likewise. The social justice tradition is rooted in compassion. And compassion is the experience of a heart that has known its own suffering and has been made expansive by the healing power of the love of God. There are within us two animals. One is compassion and the other is not. The one we feed is the one that will ultimately become our life. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for allowing us the opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God right here, right now present among us. Thank you for including us in the all-inclusive community of loving persons that you are establishing here. Kingdom neighborhood right here. No gates. No walls. Pure love. as we prepare to leave from this place, but never from your presence. We ask, gracious God, that you would stir our hearts to the remembrance of these words, that we too might know what it is to will and to do that which is good for our neighbor. Amen. May God bless and keep you each today. That's my prayer. Well, there you have it. Juanita is also the founder of the Art Project Houston, a ministry that brings healing through art. You can read the story of Juanita and her husband, Rudy, in Rudy's book titled Touch, The Power of Touch in Transforming Lives. I'd like to invite you to continue journeying with us at the Renovari Book Club. Sign Up has just been released, and we're doing something special this time around. There's an opportunity for an optional in-person meetup discussion group. It's currently being hosted in 57 locations and growing. Hey, thanks for listening, and have a great week.